Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Welcome to Inventory Base Academy podcast with myself, Sean from Inventory Base Academy, and I have my co-host, Melissa, from MGN Inventories. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very, very good. I cannot believe we are nearly at the end of January. In a way, I still want to say Happy New Year, but I don't know. When when is it right or when is it wrong to, to say that? Do you leave it like a couple of days or a week? Or, or... Oh, no, I always think, you know, a couple of days past New Year, so it, it feels like it's just back to business as usual. But I'm still getting sort of emails from people saying, oh, Happy New Year. And I think, actually, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> No, that's exactly how yeah. I've, I've had a few recently and everyone's saying like, how's your new year going and all this lot. And even referring back to Christmas, which, which is lovely. It really is nice because it, yeah, it's a great way to open up the conversation on email, isn't it? Rather than can you do this or could you do that? Where have you booked? But equally, I always think, oh, you know, what point do I stop? It's like um, first day of the month, the whole pinch punch first day of the month thing. I mean, after 12 o'clock, you're not meant to do that. I just wonder, is that exactly the same for uh, New Year's greetings? Yes, that's it. Well, I have seen it. People have still got their trees up, actually. There was a little uh, social media thing going around saying it's as bleak as it can be at the moment with, obviously, the new lockdown. So some people are keeping their trees up. And I did, uh, you know, I've seen a few through windows. I couldn't do it personally. New Year is my signal to, like, that's it. Get your tree down. Do a spring clean. No, exactly. Well, I was exactly saying. I think as was that about six days afterwards, because again, there's a there's a timeline, isn't there, where you kind of like you're meant to take it down, and I can't remember exactly what that is, but as normally comes down around about the sixth day after Christmas. But I have actually noticed not just Christmas trees. There's a couple of um, properties in my very local area, and they've got the the full decks. And I'm I'm not just talking trees. I'm talking outside light the lot. And to be fair, in a way, I think, actually, that looks really good. And it just brightens things up because it's January, it's dull, it's wet, it's horrible outside. Um, And then you you drive down the road and you've got all these different coloured twinkling lights and flashing and stuff like that. Oh, that is quite nice. (laughs) I think it's it's really good. And And it's clear it's not just because they've forgotten about it. I mean, someone's obviously every single night, everything gets turned on. And I think, well, why not? I think that looks brilliant. That's it. Not like those lights that we sometimes see on properties in July and they're still just stapled to the outside. But, you know, <laughs> these ones mean it. Oh, oh, they totally, totally mean it. And, and the trouble is also it must be a bit weird because then as you drive past or you walk past, you can't help but look. And ever so often the occupants kind of look back at you and then you think, oh, I shouldn't be looking. But equally, <laughs> you've got your lights on. I've got no choice. I have to look. <laughs> yeah, I have to look. They probably wonder what you're doing until they realise that they've got all their twinklies on and then think, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But it, it does it does make it look, uh, you know, a little bit brighter, a little bit nicer. You know, we're still in the throes of, of lockdown 3.0 and you know it's nice to have something good happen it's nice to have something to look at that makes you smile and that leads me on to the subject of awards Melissa someone's won an award haven't they 
everyone has, yes. Oh, I'm terrible with this. I'm terrible at accepting, <laughs> any, you know, any praise or compliment. It's good it's not a um, video because I'm bright red. <laughs> <laughs> We're British, Melissa. We never, ever accept compliments. We're kind of like, yep, okay, fine, move along. <laughs> I think it's really, really nice. Um, and it's good that clerks in the industry, professional inventory providers, are getting recognised for the work they do. So you Obviously, the listeners can't see you, so tell us all about it. What did you win? What was it, and how does it look? Um, so, uh, the most important thing is it's beautiful. <laughs> so really actually, it's a really good award. I'm quite. It is very pretty, very heavy, actually, surprising, um, but looking lovely on on the windowsill. So, I think it was um, obviously we've been delayed by lockdown. So, I won last July for uh, Inventory Specialist of the Year 2020. Um, and it's supposed to coincide with the magazine um, editorial, which is coming out. And they were going to do that at the same time as an award ceremony. So that was originally scheduled for September and then got delayed till November and then January. And then obviously we've been delayed again. So I think at this point we've uh, we've given up with the award ceremony. But, yeah, I mean, essentially, it, it was from um, the South England Prestige Awards who collaborate with Corporate Livewire. And they do, like, a number of awards to recognise people in local fields. So whilst it's southeast, I think they were specifically looking in sort of the Hampshire area. And, um, yeah, I mean, essentially, it's nice. It, it's a recognition of what you're doing and what you're providing. There are a number of things that they look at, categories. Um, and criteria and essentially it is kind of sort of the work you're doing the reviews you get things about you on social media and they check you know how active you are in community that kind of thing so um, you know it is nice to be recognized it's sort of you know pretty confidence affirming so that's always good it is it is and as I said to you before you know we don't get recognized enough and I say we as in the royal we i.e infantry providers and suppliers clerks however we we can't call ourselves still haven't worked that one out yet still need a proper proper definitive title but it, it, it is good that um, you said you've been recognized that the, there's awards out there because I don't really see many awards in you know for clerks for suppliers in the main it tends to be more your headline kind of awards like your estate and letting agent awards and you know the more the high level so there are supply categories and we've been lucky enough in regards to infantry base um, to be within that and have won um, a few awards but in the main there isn't anything really specifically for us now I know some of the I think I mentioned AIC do uh, an award the problem I have sometimes with awards is is that you know what their meaning is is it an award for an award sake or is it an award like you've got because you know you're you're not only measured on what you produce as a provider but also everything around your business and 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 how you are as a person and how you're interacting with your community and I think that gives a much rounded picture of, of the person and of the business and your aims your goals you know your ethos which to me you know that is what an award should be about exactly and I think you know touching on what you said that there, there really aren't that many awards for our field and and tradespersons and I think especially in connection with sort of lettings and estate agents a lot of their awards appear to be more sort of sales driven um, targets and figures 
less so even for them on the customer service point of view. So I think to for us to win um, something that they can, you know, is more tangible for them, that they can understand, I think that that's quite nice as well. And even from the announcement, I obviously I announced it last year and then when we um, won the award recently, when the trophy came through recently, um, we also put another post, but I had a couple of people contact me on, on the basis of that. And whilst, uh, you know, nothing should be that you win something so you're more recognised. I think it does help to get your name out there as well. And then also just to distinguish you from other people. It's a good talking point and it's obviously generated some interest as well, which is great. That's absolutely brilliant. And it's good that then people then can see that um, and see you know more about you and your service. And, and it's more than just a report, isn't it? It's, it's about the whole service, a holistic uh, view. And it's great that you've actually got some business out of it as well. So, but well done. And it is a, it is a lovely award. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> anybody wants to see um or have get any details for that where, where's the best place they can find that would that be on your website uh yes so it will be on the website um which is mgninventories.co.uk and i you know it's connected to other social medias as well so it connects to um our instagram and our facebook page as well Oh, fabulous. Well, well done. I'm really, really pleased for you. And I know, um, so we know I put your picture up in the details in the inventory based support hub on Facebook. And, um, the, you know, you've got a hell of a lot of likes there because at the end of the day, we're all clerks. You know, we all like to see everybody do really, really well. So um, I think it's a nice boost, a nice way of um, kind of getting us through uh, January when it's so yucky and horrible. And it certainly brings up a, a point about the fact that the industry needs to recognise all of the players within the industry, everybody in the, you know, the lettings process, the estate agency process. And it's something certainly I've been having talks with Property Mark about their whole membership benefits. How can they improve and be a better, better organisation? And I've certainly suggested at an annual Property Mark Awards that celebrate the industry and its diversity within the industry would be really a good idea, you know, so that we all feel very included and, and supported. And that if we got an award, it meant it was because we have done well and we're doing, we're doing, you know, delivering a really good and quality business as opposed to, like you said, just get it based on sales figures. We want it to be so, so much more than that. Yes. And I mean, I think that would be great for, you know, for the wider implications of, you know, recognition, but also within our field, just to give a boost to other people, for them to know that we are recognised for our achievements. And like you say, it's nice to even hear that someone else has won something. Um, it, it does give you that little boost. If those sort of things could be considered by, you know, any awarding bodies for us to be looked into, I think that that would be great. Yeah, it's, it definitely would be. And as I said, it's a great way to promote and get your, your, your face and your details out there um, and for the right reasons. Um, that's the key thing for me. An award should be about, you know, the person, the service delivery, how good they are, you know, not whether they've made a brilliant submission. It's got to be more than that. It's, you know, it's got to have really good meaning. And, and so people then, when they see those awards, they feel like, yeah, this is a person I want to, would like to work with. They're doing really well. You know, they're very uh, customer centric and focused. And, you know, and sometimes good awards can do a lot of really good positive PR for the right reasons. Yeah, absolutely. So, industry as a whole at the moment 
I don't know about you. Um, it, we're, we're open for business, as we all know. Um, but interestingly, I was in a meeting earlier on today and, and someone made the very valid point is that, you know, we're meant to be open on the basis to help people who need and have to move. It's not a case of, well, we're just going to be out there working and the the lettings industry is open the estate industry is open just for anybody and everybody just to carry on with their normal business and one of the reasons that it was said that is because apparently that they've had some people where they've been driving 50 odd miles to the coast to view properties when yeah. to be honest with you they're probably not going to be doing anything about it but it's a good excuse to get out and about which yeah. don't get me wrong I can totally understand it. I think we're all fed up. We've all had enough. Um, but equally, until we get those numbers down, until people are be able to, the, the vulnerable, the those shielding um, are able to leave their homes and safely, you know, we've got to do this. But I think there's a bit of a misconception that, you know, it's just business as usual and it totally isn't. A hundred percent. I agree with that. I mean, I... Um, had to go to an agency the other day and obviously they've got all the protocols in place and had the door locked and we were all wearing masks but there were quite a few people just sort of wandering around outside looking at the sort of um, displays in the windows the properties that are available and I you know I do definitely get the impression that it is just the housing market albeit somewhat slower I'm finding is just carrying on it isn't for necessarily essential moves and obviously, from our point of view, we don't really know either way, do we? I mean, we have the booking. We don't know if it's um, someone that desperately needed to move somewhere, someone in the NHS that needs to move, or whether it is just uh, something that could have waited, <laughs> you know, a generic move. Yeah, yeah, we we got no idea. It said well, all we can do is carry on the booking, keep to our protocols. Um, but I am, I have found, and talking to other providers across the, the country, um, you know, there has there are instances where you know protocols aren't necessarily being followed. Um, some clerks feel a little bit um, uncomfortable or pressured. Um, it, especially if there's other kind of like trades within the property when they shouldn't be realistically our protocol should be we're the only ones there we're the last ones in the chain and um, making sure that you know there's been at least 72 hours since the last person was there if possible if it's not then clearly we're taking all the necessary precautions anyway uh, masks gloves sanitizing uh, uh, shoe covers etc um, but um, I think there's a there's a, a definite shift I've noticed this year from last year in as, where it's it's still being taken seriously and, and I wouldn't necessarily say that people are not but I think some people switched off you know that it's all become almost too normal now we're so so used to it that we sometimes yeah. forget and that then potentially can put you know clerks safety at risk agents safety at risk tenants landlords you know it's not just about us it's a it's about that whole chain um and i have found myself having to remind you know certain individuals or so when we've maybe gone into properties or having discussions with people or with clerks themselves you know reminding them that we've all got a duty of care effectively if you, you look at it from a health and safety point of view that's exactly what we have Yes, exactly. And I think that it is a sense of complacency, really. Um, like you say, people switching off a little bit because it is kind of the new normal in, in some respect. But I mean, I think we, we've always had the issue before coronavirus that there would be someone popping into the property, maybe a cleaner just finishing off or an appliance being delivered. And we'd always have to work around people. And whilst, you know, the occurrences of that are um much less now i do think that 
maybe you know agencies private landlords sometimes just aren't thinking it through so you know I don't think it's intentional but and we touched on this before the safety precautions that they might take very seriously for themselves in branch they're not thinking oh hang on I'm just going to pop someone into a property to drop off this um fridge while we're in there and they're just not not thinking it through in terms of us wanting that gap in between things certainly I think that the duration in between tenancies before in the first lockdown was a lot longer so you would feel um, personally I felt more comfortable going in doing an inventory knowing or you know a checkout knowing that someone had left however many days ago but I think now that it's almost back to what it was before that it's quick turnarounds um, you know, someone's left this morning, can you go in the afternoon? And then it's having those conversations. And like you say, it's reminding people. I mean, I recently had an incident with a client where I had been very clear. Um, I was doing a checkout about when I could go and that we would not be in the property at the same time. And they kind of expected us to be in the property at the same time when they arrived, which I had to sort of remind them, no, that's not the case. And, you know, explain that. And I think it almost makes you feel a little bit awkward you've got to be quite strong <laughs> individually sort of stick to your guns and say no this is why um you know the person wasn't wearing a mask either and I think naturally when you're talking to someone you kind of gravitate towards them so we were kind of doing that dance getting a bit closer and I was getting a bit further away <laughs> I, I can't feel less less dancing more dodgems <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it it is difficult I think to keep reminding people but like you say we all, we all have that duty of care and really the consequences are so high if we don't you know for that awkward conversation to say actually no I'm not you know going to go around the property with you and this is why and just to do it then you know what what if you catch it what if you pass it on to someone else and it's just not worth the risk and and this is the thing isn't it? it it's that it's not necessarily just one way I mean we could be asymptomatic we you know and we wouldn't necessarily know it we wouldn't necessarily know that you know that we've got that potential unless we've been tested unless you're testing literally constantly mm-hmm. all the time it's very difficult to know so I think the government's advice at the moment is treat everything and everybody as if you've got it and in that way then you know you, 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 your protocols are very kind of strict and and that you, you you've always got that at the forefront of your mind rather than the back end of your mind um but it's easy to get complacent I mean it's been a long time I was talking to my mum the other day and you know she's practically been shielding for nearly a year and if and when you look at it in those kind of term, terms you just think wow that's just mad but th- that's just unfortunately where we are at the moment but I do think as service providers yes it's going to be an awkward conversation but equally I'd rather it be awkward and had it and then everybody's safe than not have it because I felt too awkward and then people are not safe and I think that's the balance you've got to draw and I don't think it necessarily you know it doesn't have to be a great big long speech it doesn't have to be a protracted conversation uh, it could be literally as simple as every couple of months just reissue, reissue your email saying just to let you know these are our protocols this is what we're working to if there's any problems let me know um, and certainly if you're coming across like you've had like you, you were just explaining about having people come into the property which we've had and I know other clerks have experienced is just going back to the agent going back to the landlord or whoever's commissioned the report to say look these are our protocols they're there for your safety as much as they are ours so you need to make sure that when the these are being booked everybody's aware you know could you just 
feed that back. And I don't think that's a difficult conversation. I think that's right to have that. And to be honest with you, if the shoe was on the other foot and we were doing something wrong and we weren't adhering to those kind of guidelines, then I would expect someone to have that conversation with me too. Yes, exactly. So, but hopefully, fingers crossed, we might be uh, uh, coming to that end of that particularly long tunnel. Um, I still think we've got a bit of way to go. I don't see the market changing very much within, I don't know, before, say, summertime. I think we will still be having a lot of restrictions until about that time, purely because of the sheer uh, complexity of having to get everybody vaccinated that is willing to be vaccinated and everything that's going to happen there afterwards. So, we're not out of the woods yet, but um, I'm seeing glimmers. You know, we are, uh, we were talking earlier on um, that I'm busy, but not massively busy, a bit lower than maybe we were this time last year, but we're not, we've not stopped, if you see what I mean. There's still work there. There's still things happening. And in a way, I think if it was too busy, I'd be even more worried. Back in the summer when the lockdown was eased a bit, and it, I think it was frantic for everyone. Um, you know, if we were getting to sort of higher numbers, it would be a bit of a worry. Um, and I think, again, you'd need to sit and review your protocols and processes and think, is this what I want to carry on with? Do I need to scale back in some way just to, you know, protect yourself and others, really? Because I, it, it's almost one of those things that you are you can do as much as you're willing to do. So you've really got to, you know, think what's best on that scale. Yeah. And you've got to put safety at the forefront. Um, it's something I teach, certainly when I'm training clerks. First couple of slides when we're when we're going through our practical training day, everything is about safety. Everything is about PPE. Everything is about making sure that the first thing you think of is your safety and everyone else's safety. Because, again, under health and safety rules, just because I don't employ my clerks, they're all self-employed. It doesn't mean I don't have responsibility to them. I do. Equally, I have a responsibility to my clients, to my landlords, to my agents, and they have equal responsibility for me and you know people that they work with and supply and use and com- or commission services from. So I think you know as long as we kind of keep that in a you know in the forefront of our minds, I, I don't think we can go far wrong. And but I do think sometimes those kind of conversations just need to be reiterated or that email sent out so just to let you know just to remind you and if you've got any queries come back to me and you know it it just helps people um, remember because you know life is busy anyway especially people working from home having to homeschool you you know there's a lot of hats and balls as it were being juggled here and it's easy to forget because it just now it's become such the norm yes it has and you know that's why I think I don't think people necessarily are are intentional um breaking the rules as such but it is so easy to become complacent and just forget really I mean it'll be interesting to see when everything is as much over and done with as it could be you know if things are a little bit back to normal in um the summer how we all act to whether we're going to be a bit weird about being closer to someone in a queue <laughs> yeah no, I, I think you yeah it's a good point it will take a, get, a bit of getting used to I mean even now you know just pop into the shop to get a few things my immediate thought is keep as far away as possible and if anyone gets a bit too close I mean we all have a personal space and everybody's personal space is very much personal to them you know some people like a lot of space other people are very comfortable if you're literally nose to nose it's whatever you're used to um but I have found that you know I'm not overly keen on having people too near me near me and I will automatically take a step back if I feel that that space is that two meters is, is 
getting smaller and smaller. Which, That's it. You know, it's funny how it affects us now, though, isn't it? That that is a part of our life. I saw a film on TV the other day, and there was a crowd, and even immediately I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it's weird isn't it how you think about that and um it's even like when the first lockdown happened i noticed cars were socially distancing when we get into the traffic lights everybody was taking like a, a very specific mental you know step back and normally yeah. you know, cars are literally bumper to bumper and all of a sudden there's a big big gap here and we're all doing it and i was doing it but the, even that's now closed back down again obviously we don't need to do that apart from obviously being safe you know, whilst out driving, but equally, it's amazing how mentally we deal with these types of things. And um, it, it's interesting to see, you know, what that then looks like. Like you said, when we get back to normal, and at this point, I'm gesturing inverted commas, <laughs> um, wherever that's ever get, ever going to be again. Um, yeah, to see exactly how we behave. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting times. So on another point, and, and kind of talking about safety and, and the industry as a whole, we were talking literally just before we started podcast, because it's something that came up this morning in another meeting I was at. I, I do a lot of meetings, as you can tell. EICRs, um, and for anybody that's listening that's not aware, which I'm sure you guys all are, because you're professional providers and suppliers and you know your industry inside and out but um, EICRs they came in June 2020 and that was for all new tenancies so this is the electrical installation condition record so basically all rental properties will have these EICRs so the first tranche was for new tenancies and then as of April this year 2021 it's going to incorporate all existing tenancies so all of effectively all of rental properties will be in scope as of the 1st of April. But it was mentioned this morning about the fact that because of the pandemic, electricians are extremely busy. Uh, I think the industry said they were given nine months notice, uh, but it's going to take 18 months worth of work to get everybody done and and that's within scope. So that kind of tells you things aren't going to be ready and there's certainly a worry that a lot of the works that have got to be done either remedial works that have come out of these reports have got to be done that they're not going to be so a lot of agents a lot of landlords are worried about that impact on that and whether they will actually um, be subject to fines and how the councils and how the government kind of will look at that and from what I understand they're not going to be extending the deadline Um, so it's going to be the 1st of April every tenancy is going to be in scope and that's it but the question is going to be about enforcement now from a clerk point of view a lot of people are saying well it's got nothing to do with me and I get this a lot but the thing is if we're aware of that and we know that that's a potential pinch point a potential issue and a pain point for our clients we can then kind of work with it especially I don't know about you Melissa but often I get oh you can't get the keys now the electrician's got it so they're, they're yeah. the electrician in before us which is fine because we're meant to be at the end aren't we but it's, it's equally quite annoying because a lot of the times it's really last minute but quite rightly they've got to get these um these uh, trades in to get these uh, EICRs done because of the safety element of it but I did hear this morning that you know the government are looking at it from a point of view look as long as you made reasonable steps and you've tried to get into the property you've tried to get the EICR done within the time frame then there'll be um, reasonable about it um, and as long as you made reasonable steps to comply and but and you can prove that then that's what will make the difference the biggest thing about the proof side of things as with anything and 
as you know, Melissa, with the reports, everything is about evidence. You've got to be able to write that down. Yes. And I think it's a huge undertaking for existing properties because, uh, you know, not only the works that will pop up from these. And if you think properties may not have had, you know, any electrical faults, everything might have been fine. But that fuse box might be 15 years old or so, you know, it might need something new. So just to, for agents to think, okay, we, you know, we've got to get the electrician in to do the EICR. It is the work that's going to be required afterwards. And obviously the knock-on effect, effect of that is trying to get in there during coronavirus, being safe whilst doing so. And then also the works that need to be done afterwards. I mean, I remember back from my property management days, trying to organise gas safety certificates, which I think pretty much now all tenants, you know, they know, they understand, they recognise it's a legal requirement. Even those kind of things, trying to allow a trade in, tenants would kick back and say, no, well, it can't be now, you know, it can't be this time, it's got to be after six o'clock on a Saturday, sometimes completely unreasonable times, or they would agree and the gas contractor would attend and they wouldn't let them in. Um, And that was for something that is really well known. Trying to explain the ICRs to tenants, I think, and the importance of them, because uh, before, you know, everyone really could understand the importance of the gas safety. I mean, it's something very well spoken of. It's always on TV. um, But I don't think people necessarily view electrical things the same way. Um, And we had got to the point of notifying tenants in writing on one of these systems I don't want to say one anyone in particular and you can see that they've seen it uh, seen it and they can reply just so there is that audit trail mm-hmm. so we've tried to gain access and I think a lot of agents have the software now where you put a note and it date and time stamps it and it can't be changed so you can yeah. put a note on to say you know I've left them a voicemail we've had this conversation there will always be people that don't want to let you in but having that audit trail to say you've tried I mean I do wonder how that works after the initial assessment so maybe uh, you know once you've managed to get the contractor in if it comes up that it needs some work then honestly I think the majority of places will need something whether it's a new RCD or it's something to do with the shower or the wiring most of the time there is always something that needs to be done, however minor, then trying to organise that works to be done because the contractor might not have necessarily allowed enough time to do that on the spot. So to then go back in and have, again, that audit trail that you're trying to get them back in if there needs to be parts. You know, the electricians will have multiple properties and it will be a very busy time for them. Um, I think that will be very tricky in terms of audit trails for that many properties. Yeah, it's a huge, huge undertaking for the industry, without a doubt. But it do, it does kind of highlight the fact that everything has to be noted, everything has to be written down. Um, obviously, electronically is the best method because it can date and time capture, like our reports do. So then there's no um, questions should there become an issue later on. And certainly with the fines that agents could or landlords, etc., could be given by the uh, council or the governing body, whoever's overseeing EICR um, compliance side of things. The fines can be quite um, substantial and obviously they need to do everything they can. And some people from our point of view, clerks would say, well, it's got nothing to do with me. It's really not my business. I've got no interest and I can't I can't do anything about it. 
no, you can't do anything about it, but what you can do is understand it so you know it's going to be a potential impact. You know it might impact on you and your work and what you're doing. And also understand that it, you know you might find you'll have to shift your reports around to accommodate it. And there's a, obviously here there's a really good reason because of the restrictive date that all of these have got to be done. And plus also, if you understand this and you can communicate that to your client and that, that they are aware that you know what it is that they're doing, it really does make a lot of sense for you to understand make sure that you are being as helpful as possible I mean none of us like to have reports cancelled at the last moment it creates a lot of problems missed opportunities missed revenue but sometimes equally these things can't you know be helped and it's about us all kind of pulling together to get that in and the other thing also is the actual report itself certainly within inventory-based templates we've got a section on there under health and safety um, and certificates and part of those certificates is about highlighting whether an EICR electrical condition report has been done or not and the assessment date and the detail and pictures of it um, as evidence that it's been done and it all helps the agent and the landlord and the tenant and the council to have that evidence bundle so should anything happen with the tenancy and should it be relied upon you know if it goes to dispute that um, things weren't done so a section 21 as it stands at the moment or section 8 as it might be used to end a tenancy can't be because all the evidence is there our report acts as part of that bundle so it is important from uh, an industry perspective that we understand that and we understand what it is that um, impacts on not just us but also our clients yes and I think it's it's great that we've got that facility under inventory base um so clearly allocate the documents and put the details within like you say I mean in theory the agent the landlord someone else would have a copy of things but it's a great way for them if they've got copies of the property to have, you know, a PAT test, an EICR, the gas safety, the EPC, all of those documents loaded onto the inventory. It's almost sort of a one-stop shop for them to have everything there. And I think apart from the fact that we would want to record it anyway because it's in the property, um, it's great for agents to see that we recognise the importance of them, you know, agents and landlords, and that, you know, we're taking steps to help them really to ensure that everything's all there for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely goes uh, into that whole kind of understanding and ideal that certainly infantry services, professional infantry providers, not just focus on what we do, but also what the wider industry does, how it impacts, how it dovetails back into our reports and how we can help facilitate that. Because if we're seen as facilitators and, and helpful and and knowledgeable, um, then you know clients will naturally gravitate towards our services because not only do they get a, a brilliant and, and good quality report, but they also get uh, someone who understands their industry, understands what they're having to deal with and having to manage and can help that and not hinder it. Um, whereas I think if we just kind of concentrated on our own little portion of the industry, our own little section, and then basically just not really bother with anybody else, then we, we, we tend to miss out on opportunities from a work point of view, relationship point of view with potential new clients. Um, and also we want clients to see our services as professional. And part and parcel of that is about being an expert in your field. And that just doesn't mean about an expert in inventories reports 
but it's also about the wider industry and if you have that understanding then people will think oh I can go to Melissa or I can go to Sean or I can go to Natalie or go to Sam you know for these different reports because I know that they understand what it is I need and quite often then we can make suggestions to them we can say oh, well have you thought about doing this better method of information capture or either we can feed into that from an interim property inspection point of view you know if, even if we're not physically going in we've got live inspections we've got remote inspections so that all feeds into that evidence especially if the tenant's saying look I, um, I'm shielding I can't have anybody in the property and part and parcel evidence bundle is the fact is we're doing interim property inspections remotely using live inspections we're going around the house I mean that could be another option available to you know maybe assess the property in maybe more finer detail so there's there's potential there to help the industry and to be seen as helping rather than you know just looking after our own little section yes and I think there's you know only ever benefits for us all understanding the wider implications of things. It is important for us to know what's happening in lettings and state agents and, you know, the regulations and things that they're facing, like you say, for them to have confidence in us and feel that they can turn to us and that we understand what's going on. We're aware of everything in the field. But also, you know, I think from their point of view, sometimes it's helpful, you know, when Obviously, at the moment, we can't go in and have chats and things. But every now and again, I like to do sort of, you know, courtesy visits to um, my agents and clients and just go through things that are happening with us at the moment. And I think that that helps um, that kind of mutual respect for everyone and that we're all um, understanding that we, we play a part in what we do. And I think that that helps raise awareness, like we've said many times, of us just being kind of the report fairy. But, you know, it helps put a face to a name and it can only be good things if we're all paying attention to what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, funny enough, that was a conversation I was having with a um, a clerk the other day, and they were asking, you know, well, what, how, how do I get into see an agent? Because I physically can't get to see an, an agent. How can I? talk to them and you know communicate and, and and get them interested in my services if I physically can't have that face-to-face conversation um and you know like you just said you know picking up the phone or you've got social media or you can talk about particular issues that's affecting the industry that's affecting them and how you could potentially solve them I mean with the EICRs you've got one potential for a template within inventory based uh, inventory base which is coming um then obviously that feeds into the reporting template and the, how the inventory-based system captures that information and provides a timeline and audit trail so there's a potential option and then you've got the social media side so you can talk about EICRs what you understand how your service can help people and also making sure that agents are aware of the timeline the fact that you know the 1st of April is the cutoff line that there is no extension on that because a bit like with the tenant fee ban I was still having conversations literally right up to the point of when the ban came in in where agents and landlords just weren't aware or weren't aware of the provisions and weren't ready and then they're rushing around like mad trying to get ready with the risk of potential fines um, you know involved in that side of things so if we can help facilitate that even just by having a general conversation oh are you ready for 
the 1st of April for EICR for the you know the fact everyone is going to be in scope and often you'll get the agent go oh yeah yeah I'm fully aware I'm really ready for that all oh, just to let you know I've got to move one of your reports because we've got the engineer coming in and you go fine but if you didn't have that conversation you could probably rock up to the agent to get the keys and they go oh no sorry it's been it's been um, put back or we've had to cancel it for the moment because the contractor's in there sorry forgot to tell you because of this, they're doing so many other things so if you're having conversations often it will prompt another conversation or it will prompt a memory of going ah I, I need to reschedule that cancel it or or have a conversation with you about it but because you had that initial one it, it it's prompted them whereas if you didn't you weren't conversing with them then they wouldn't have it so you know I said social media phones ringing up how are you first things I always ask my clients when I ring up is it hi how are you how's everything going not straight into can I have <laughs> or where <Yeah. laughs> did you realize you just counseled me it's all the first, it's always the first thing you know talk to people how you would like to be talked to yeah and it, it helps that relationship I think it is important yeah totally totally so um i think that um wraps today's podcast up i think that's been quite interesting so we've got EC- eicrs we talked about awards um, we've talked about the industry at the moment um the other thing that i did want to talk about but i think what we'll do is we'll do it for, ne- for ne- next podcast melissa is talk about hmos and us as providers how we do the reports and what we've got to take into account because i think that's a much bigger conversation so if you're happy we'll talk about that next time yeah, absolutely. That the HMOs are a whole other beast, aren't they? So <laughs> that would be great for us to do a podcast um, just focusing on them and the implications that they have. Excellent. And I think, you know, from our uh, podcast listeners, if you do have any specific questions or queries about what we do in regards to the actual reports in the HMO, how you do them, what you've got to take into account, what you've got to be aware of, then let me know. Um, you can send them to me at sean at inventorybase.com and then we can include those in the podcast and um, hopefully answer those queries for you because it is a big subject and there's a lot of dovetailing of different legislation and understanding different bodies that are involved in the whole of the HMO process from licensing to regular visits from agents from landlords from councils etc so um, it's not a a straightforward subject so I think it would be really really good to touch on that on our next podcast thank you very much indeed Melissa again well done on your award I hope we see more for you and also for other clerks and so definitely watch this space be great to have another conversation about that uh, maybe um, you know middle of the year when the award ceremony kind of season starts as it were tends to be around about June July normally isn't it yes I think so I'm I'm not sure why I guess that's because they're halfway through you know what's happening in terms of sales figures but yes further along in the year hopefully there's some more good news to be had It'd be great. And again, podcast listeners, if you are winning awards as clerks, as as providers of your services, let me know. Send them details to me, you know, to Sean at inventorybase.com. You know, let's talk about it. Let's get you out there. Let's get you recognised for what you're doing. Thanks for listening to today's Inventory Professional Podcast. I hope you found it really useful. Again, um, put my details on the notes for today's podcast and so you can get in touch with me. Thank you very much again, Melissa. I look forward to catching up with you all again in our next podcast with the Inventory Professional. Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. 
This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.